Hello, welcome to MySpot Talks. I'm Chetan Shah, hosting a series of podcasts for the global events industry. In this week's episode, we are continuing our Roaring Twenties content and talking to representation companies about what they're seeing in terms of inquiries. And we're joined by Maxine McPherson from Abel Max, Hugh Tuckett from Euromic, and Andre Vanderbilt from Mundus Representation, moderated by Nicola Root from Green and Pleasant Events. Hello! And welcome everybody to the last session of your Roaring Twenties at MySpot Talk today. Um, we are here to delve in deeper, to discuss the findings from MySpot representation company survey. And today I am um, I'm welcoming a wonderful panel, Andre, Maxine and Hugh. If you could all introduce yourself, that would be amazing. Hi, my name is Andre Vanderbel. I'm uh, the co-director, managing director of Mundus Representation. We're a small representation company based in the UK, um, where we represent Viceroy Hotels, but also DMCs such as MEP in Turkey, CS Events in Italy, Grosvenor Tours in Africa, Designer Incentives in India and beyond, ECM Meetings Malta and ECM Portugal. Thank you. And here you're next to my camera here. Hi everyone, um, I'm Hugh Hintuckett, I'm the Executive Director of Euromic. We're a, a non-profit member-owned uh, association of um, 50 DMCs uh, across the world. I won't list them all, um, but we're, we're fairly well represented. Um, yeah, that's us. I'm Maxine McPherson, um, owner and, and managing director of Abelmax. Uh, we're a sales and marketing company representation for uh, global DMC partners. Many of you will know uh, Chris Basson. Um, and we also represent hotel groups and work with various consultancies under normal circumstances. Uh, and we do the recruitment for the meeting space forums too. Amazing. Thank you all. Thank you all for being here today. And I look forward to delving in a bit deeper um, and start talking live events, which is very exciting. Um, when I was looking at sort of moderating the session and, and speaking to Chet, it's let's revisit, like, why travel? Why is travel so powerful? And will it come back? It, it is going to come back. But for me, travel is exciting. It's rewarding. It's time to take a break, learn about a new culture, explore new places, and overall, to go and experience something different. And I know it might sound a bit cheesy, but travel warms the heart when you're ex exploring these new places and seeing new things. Um, it's just, it's yeah, an incredible experience overall. But I think, and that's the key that we need to remember when we're thinking about travel. Um, travel is not just the sort of challenge that we need, we need to overcome. Um, and, but and in light of everything, that sort of is, is what's happening um, at the moment. And so, Looking at the, um, the survey results, um, it's been really exciting to hear that sort of um, post the PM announcement um, two weeks ago, uh, you've all had some new inquiries. I think about 58 um, representation companies have had inquiries over the last two weeks and from about sort of um, one, uh, one to five. So it'd be great to, Andre, if we start with you, just to find out what type of inquiries you are you were seeing and what type of destinations are, are quite popular uh, it's an interesting question because we we actually thought oh here we go we might get some some we start maybe with europe maybe something mm -hmm. close by easy reach 
for in our case of Portugal or a Malta maybe, um, and uh, quite the opposite happened. Uh, we went far flung from India to South Africa uh, and everything in between. Um, we number wise again where everybody thought we were going to see the very small numbers of 10 15 people maybe it's a, more like a, a large family maybe getting away this summer we're seeing them as big as 500 people sorry 600 people so it's it's it's, it's again very very wide so this is how fortunate we are uh, i don't know whether it's, it's the same for everybody else but I think everybody's a little bit more mindful as well. And instead of going in with it like, okay, we just want to go X, Y, Z, it's more like targeted, it's more honed in, uh, people are more aware of, 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 of what the expectations are for the destination. And of course, different questions are being asked, like what is happening in their destination at the moment? How are the COVID counts? How are they how are they reacting to, uh, to, to, to foreigners, to English people or European passport holders. So there's a lot more factors that are taken into consideration now, but it, it was extremely positive. And I think the very first day when, when the travel was announced, we, Wayne and I, my business partner, were sort of sitting back like, okay, come along then, where is everything? And I think it was very much the UK market that was getting uh, meetings at on the Thursday. But then when it started, the, the tap opened up for us. It, uh, it was that glorious feeling. I mean, you said earlier on about why are we in travel? That is why we're in travel, because that buzzy feeling that you all get once once these inquiries are coming in and to be able to call your DMCs or your hotels and say, like, I'm not here for asking money. I'm here with an inquiry. You know, it was it was a glorious moment. And I think that that euphoric moment is, is so important and it just shows exactly why we are in this industry. Um, yeah, I mean, a few things that are happening or have been happening, and I think it's fair to say we haven't seen that big rush of inquiries that we desperately wanted to have at the beginning of the year. But they are coming in, and they are coming in consistently, and I think they have been from October last year. Um, I think for international travel, decisions aren't being made, and there are obviously so many reasons why. Is we need to know about the vaccines, we need to know about the quarantines, the borders, etc. And I think I'm hoping next month there'll be a lot more decision making. Um, we are dealing with a lot of virtual events right now. Um, it's it's a godsend in the way that it keeps us connected with the industry, with the DMCs and their various fabulous virtual events on the other side it's um it's not live and for all the reasons everybody you know we, we need live to come back we want to see people traveling overseas and we are seeing large numbers for we're seeing most of our pipeline for this year is for business that's been postponed from last year um and it's hanging in there q3 and q4 um some of it has moved into 2022 some of it we're waiting for decisions over the next month and we're likely to have decisions quite soon i think on those uh, with fingers crossed we've had a few new inquiries too for the back end of the year and hopefully we'll have lots of short times when, when the news becomes more and more positive but let's hope that happens but some really exciting incentive and as andre says some very large incentives i mean big numbers big numbers and they're looking strong and, and some exciting destinations. And I think that's, yeah, that's where we all get really excited. And Max, did you say with the bigger numbers, is that um, UK, your UK clients that are looking to travel or is that, is that actually globally? Uh, global, 
global events. Yeah, larger UK incentives that are larger in size, and I'm not seeing a huge change in budgets per head. Um, but for regional global incentives, there are some, yeah, some big numbers. Some big numbers. It'll be interesting to see how they work out. No, that's really that's yeah. really interesting. And Hugh, how how about yourself representing fifty global destinations? How have the inquiries been for you? Yeah, uh, very much the same as Andre and, and, and Max have referred to. A couple of months ago, there was a thought and a feeling that the recovery would be regional first and then long haul at a later stage. Uh, we're not seeing that. Uh, we're not seeing that at all. Um, there's a little bit of it, but not much. Um, we're getting inquiries, long haul inquiries from all over the world. Uh, we're getting inquiries for large groups as well as small groups. Um, at, at the risk of being rather boring, it actually seems to be business as usual. Um, it's a lot of the same that we had prior to pandemic. Um, same type of budgets, same type of group sizes, um, same sort of requests. Um, if anything, the budgets are looking slightly healthier. Um, but also referring to what you, you said at the beginning, I think um, there's, there is a, a big pent-up demand. Um, and I think a lot of corporate clients, a lot of large corporate clients, are looking at travel to really heal some of the, 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 the damage that the pandemic has done. So we're seeing a large amount of quotes from the automotive industry. Uh, they have a huge amount of, of, of new vehicles to launch and to share with the press um, and, and get people excited about. Um, a lot of the corporate clients want to get their, their, their key and their top performers um, haven't been rewarded with travel for two years. So it's now a highly motivational, highly inspirational tool that they can use. Um, so, um, yeah, it's still early days yet. Uh, we're, we're, we're most probably at about 20 to 30% of, of pre-pandemic levels in terms of briefs coming in, but it, it's definitely heading in the right way. Um, and uh, a lot of it for, for Q4, uh, 21, and Q2, 22. Surprisingly, we're not seeing very much for Q1, 22, for some strange reason, but yeah. No, thanks. That, um, that's really fantastic to hear all of you have those inquiries. And um, there was a bit in the survey, actually, that's quite interesting, saying, do you think, are your inquiries, are people avoiding sort of city centres or are they looking to, um, you know, have a, a private island like Lake Como or avoiding the city centres? Or, as you say, are they just inquiries going back to sort of how they were? Um we, we're seeing a little bit more, sorry, Andre, we're seeing a little bit more requests for exclusivity, so buyouts of menus and restaurants and that type of thing. But um, city destinations are still on the cards. Uh, if it appealed before, it's, it, it still appeals, you know, those destinations. Um, I think DMCs and agencies will most probably have to get creative about how we present that to the client. Um, but, yeah, the appetite is still there, Andre. Yeah, and another thing that's, that's taken into consideration now is easy access, uh, ideally with just one flight, not uh, a stopover or a connecting flight. 
so, so again, you know, destinations in Europe or even in, in Asia or Africa that you have a direct flight with. Uh, and exactly what, what you said, buyout, uh, exclusive use, uh, they, they very much come up as well. And, and I think that's why, where you see as well the, the budget is slightly increased because people are willing to pay that little bit extra to give that security. Mm, I, think, I think people are being mindful that destinations are going to have to be um, fairly well um, accessed. And we're not quite sure how the airlines are coming back and there are still questions over some routes. So I think that's going to be a part of the decision-making process. And um, an informed survey was saying that actually quarter three, um, most inquiries is 50% for quarter three, 25% in quarter four, and the rest was 2022. Um, and I find that's quite surprising that there are so many in quarter three. And why why do you think that is? And also on the, on the back of that, why do you think that is? But do you, are, are these inquiries just feelers to get out there or do you think these are quite solid and firm briefs so are you quite skeptical about them or are you quite confident these that these are solid briefs that, that you are receiving i think it's a 50 50 i think um i think 50 percent of them i hope will confirm and 50 percent is very much the teaser i mean ask yourself a very simple question one of the nicest feelings we get about our personal travel is the actual booking of the flight, the booking of the travel. It's something in the diary to look forward to. Now, if you then say to somebody like, oh, maybe we have to postpone that by a month or two months or three months, it doesn't matter. I know that I'm going to Turkey. I know that I'm going to Portugal. So it doesn't matter. I've got something to look forward to. So I think a lot of companies have been very, very clever with that to give them something, give their employers something to look forward to towards the end of the summer. Uh, into the autumn, yeah. Okay, and um, I don't know if you or Max got any other comment on, on that in terms of the I think, I think after the last year, um, there's no definite booking until it's definite. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of shopping. I think there's a lot of good intention and a lot of willingness, but right now there isn't the commitment and quite rightly, there can't be the commitment right now. But as Andre says, the fact that there's the intention, that's a good thing. It's a positive thing because the news will come. Um, travel will come back. It's not a question of when, uh, if, it's a question of when. And having the pipeline is, is good for us all to have. Yeah, for sure, very definitely. I know you touched on um, budgets a while ago, but oh, Andre, you were saying that you think clients have a lot more healthier budgets now because in terms of security are you a human max are you seeing that across your inquiry boards at all not seeing budgets fall at all and and we are seeing that uh clients spend money to make up for lost time i had literally earlier on today one company decide that um 2020 winners for this year will actually for the incentive that was going to happen later this year which has been moved three times already they're going to have a monetary reward those winners and the incentive is actually going to be moved to next year but the budget will be increasing and um yeah i've seen some very healthy budgets out there um i don't you know and, and we're seeing a lot of the usual as well the pharmaceutical companies that still have to abide by code so um but we're not seeing a drop. We're not seeing any um, tightening or, or reduction in numbers, actually. So what we are seeing is quite positive. 
Yeah, we, we, we're seeing it the same. I mean, the budgets are, are the same, if not slightly higher. And I think that comes from a definite desire to, I, I think a lot of clients are realizing that it is going to cost more to do exclusive events um, and, and some things. They realize that uh, that there will be additional costs for, for, for safety concerns and things like that. Um, but I also think that there's a genuine willingness, and going back to that earlier point about whether they are confirmed or whether they're just testing, um, I think there's a genuine business requirement. I think a lot of our clients are saying, the moment that we can come, we want to come. We want to make sure that we're, we're, we're up and running and we get in there first um, so that we can make this happen as soon as possible. So I envisage, as Max was saying, that, that there will be the, the lead times, I think, once the announcements get made and once we see some of these air corridors and airlines making announcements and governments making announcements, I, I can see it, it, it actually being quite crazy. Um, so I, I think what we're seeing now is a lot of the, 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 the planners that are trying to get in there early and saying, you know, that request that we sent you last month, we, we need to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. I heard something quite, sorry, Nicola. From a commercial conference organiser that I was chatting to this week, and they're looking to place their events for um, first q1 or q2 next year and actually not being able to until june because mm -hmm. they're seeing some association of corporates running double events next year and trying to slot in their events has been more and more difficult because they can't clash so yeah hopefully we'll all that would be a nice problem for us all to have i think i love, to, I love these problems for you to have no, that's that's really interesting um do you are nbc in an increased focus on around sustainability and CSR in any of these inquiries? Uh, for us here at Mundus, it's, 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 it's always a given. Uh, when we started the company two years ago, that it was very high on our agenda. And whereas perhaps it was a, very much still a buzzword, I think now it's something that really people are taking into consideration. Mm -hmm. And um, we are actually in, in the process of setting up a, a carbon offset where we actually get a calculator for all our events and we can offset the carbon. Um, and, you know, it, it's just being mindful. We're certainly going to do it for all our FEM trips that we are, as in Mundus, pay for it. But we can help agencies and, and corporates as well to show them how to, to offset it. And, of course, there's some destinations where it's very easy to get involved with CSR and with sustainability. And then there's destinations where it's a little bit more um, more difficult, but it's it's often as well like what the company wants to do. And I think we've with, within the last year so so much we've all gone through from a from a mental health point of view, from a uh, you know like how to look after each other, be kind, and all that. So I think once we are grateful that we can travel again, I think people would want to spend some time giving something back in destination or make sure that you know there is there's something to to be given back to for the world uh, I, I, and i personally hope it's here to stay yeah definitely and how about you max um i totally agree on the on the incentive side i think that's been a movement for a while and i think everyone in the last year has been very conscious of the global environment and climate change and even more so a because we've had time and b because there's just been more news on it i think um I, I think we have to set an example right from as andre said right from our fan trips right from i heard mag shaw say the other day she wasn't going to be 
um, giving giveaways on on sales visits, and you know that there will be donations and uh, to charities. And I, and I love the idea that we right from this early stage um, of the sales um, that we find ways to set an example and look at the way we're doing yeah. things. Hugh, you seen um, when inquiries come in that there's a focus around sort of sustainability and CSR elements. Um, not not right now in the in the the most recent requests uh, there, there's an element of it but I wouldn't say significantly more than before um, however in saying that um, incentive travel is is not a sustainable exercise it's most probably the worst when it comes to sustainability putting a group of 400 people and flying them across to the other side of the world um, is not um, you know for fun and reward and for motivation is is a tough sell, especially if some of those uh, clients, uh, corporate clients, are looking at a sustainable uh, ecosystem and and looking at their investments. So the industry has to transform. Um, it has to become um, carbon offsetting. Uh, we have to be good to the environment and to those around us. Um, otherwise, it it will become unsustainable. It will be very difficult for corporate companies to justify that kind of spend. It might be okay in the short term now because of COVID, but you know, it's something that we definitely need to make sure that as an industry, we are totally focused on and making sure that incentive travel is totally sustainable. Definitely. I think, um, yeah, I totally um, yeah, agree with that point. And just quick, with, um, with the inquiry, um, Mainly than the incentive inquiries, it's another thing to sort of mention. Obviously, safety is a is a is a massive um, sort of element now. Are you with these inquiries, like how in depth are people going? Are you already giving safety measures in place now, or um, how are you as yeah as um, representation companies? How are you working around that? Because if that falls, say quarter four, or even beginning, you know, twenty twenty two, things. How are you dealing with? So what protocols have you got in place if things change suddenly again? And, and what are the sort of safety protocols, essentially? Uh, again, well, uh, the importance of a representation company and the importance of a DMC here comes so key into play. Um, all our DMCs have been, you know, in the last year, spent all their time on checking everything, making sure everything was still valid, everything was still working. Yeah, it's, it's now more so you're reliant on a DMC or on a representation company because if you're hosting five or ten events a year in Rome, you know what standards you get in a certain restaurant. But that restaurant has been closed now for a year and the chef has changed and the maitre d' isn't there anymore, the charismatic guy to welcome you in. So all these changes have to be taken into account and it's, it's more important. This is what our DMCs are doing on an ongoing basis, that they are getting in contact and checking everything. But it can be not just the restaurants, it's, it's, it's the coach companies. You know, yes, every, when the first inquiries comes in, we all have been there that we go like, oh, this is amazing, yes, we can do this. We all have the yes, can do attitude. And so have everybody else in the hospitality industry around the world. So people will start to undercut them each other again. So yes, you've got a coach company here that can do it for this amount, and a coach company there that can do it for that amount. But Will they have sanitizers on board? Will they have a security? Will they check your temperature? Will they have all these little touches in place as company A? No. 
So that's where you are. This is what our DMCs are doing on a consistent base, making sure that everything is checked. And no, we can't guarantee in a crystal ball what's going to happen next next month or in six months' time in Rome. But we know what's happening now. So we can, you know, they, they are completely up to date, like how we are up to date with the plan of Boris. And hopefully by the 21st of June, we are all free to go. Of course, these plans are in place around the world as well. And everything, they have everything set up for you to ensure that this event can be as secure as you would like with doctors on site, with temperature takers on site, with swabbers, with tests, anything you want. Uh, our DMCs have become extremely resourceful. They've they've done some extremely marvelous things over the last couple of months for many of you agents. Clients are asking for venue and DMC health and safety policies, and they should be if they're not. Um, you know, clients are asking what the hotels are doing. Are they doing testing now on site on arrivals for events, or will they be? Um, and you know, DMCs, as Andre said have to have a protocol in place. I mean, Global DMC partners have set a minimum standards across all the DMCs, but you know, then you have the DMCs who know their destination, who know what's happening, you know, as you say, not, not in six months time, but which restaurants are open? Who's, who's offering a good service still? Who's, who's still gonna be financially viable in six months time? And there's a lot of work that's been done in the last year to, to keep on top of, our clients, basically. Um, and not only that, who's there? Who's there in the team? So you may have worked with a DMC or a restaurant, but are they still there? So, you know, I'd, I'd like to think all of us sitting here and, and, and many more of us in the industry are here as a connection in the UK to make sure that everyone's being supported with the right contact locally to be able to answer all those questions and provide that support material. Yeah, Nicola, I, th I think just adding on that, I think it's yeah, it's just it so confusing at the moment. I mean, there is just, uh, you know, to be a, a meeting or an event planner at the moment, you're looking at three different countries with a number of different cities. The protocols are all different. The travel restrictions are all different. It's a potential minefield out there. Um, I think anybody that professes to be on top of it all is 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 lying, quite frankly, because it's changing on a day-to-day -day basis. But I think that's uh, as Mike uh, and Andre referred to. I think this is really where the benefit of, of representation companies and DMCs really come into their own, because it's going to be a day-by-day -day approach. Um, I can see at the moment that our DMCs are being brought into the process a lot earlier than what they were before. Um, so they are being now asked to do virtual presentations and virtual fan trips, um, even at pitch stage. Um, the client wants to know what is that going to look like on the ground? Um, you know, what does that venue do? Um, in, you know, just providing a, a description and a photograph um, for a lot of corporate clients now isn't enough. They want the nitty gritty. And this is really where DMCs and representations companies come into their own because they know, as Andre says, you know, that venue is going to work really well because it's really well ventilated and it's open air and it's got massive windows, you know, and it's got the space to be able to accommodate. All those small things are um, crucial um, uh, to, to the success of these kind of events. So I'll, I think we'll see a lot more 
closer collaboration between us all, hopefully, going forward. That's what I'm seeing at the moment, and, and long may it continue. That mirrors, Hugh, what um, I think it was Edward and Hannah were talking about earlier in the session about actually corporates are asking yeah. the agencies to come in much early, earlier in the strategy um, to work out what their communication and their event process should be. Um, and I think naturally then we'll be brought into the process earlier, you know, which destinations are most viable, um, why are they most viable, which venues, which which partners um, should they be working with. And if we can all be um, a little bit more strategic at the earlier stages, we can probably be a little bit more successful moving forward. Absolutely. And also and, and on the back of that, it sounds like, of course, now that we have the technology of, of Zoom and Teams and whatever, it also makes it a lot easier to to double check with a venue or to double check with a coach company or to or with the dmc and actually you know maybe having instead of having to do three or four mm -hmm. site inspections maybe one or two can be mm -hmm. done virtually i think as well with bringing you all in a lot earlier and being able to use your teams and your zoom you're going to get a, a rid of a lot of time wasters as well so actually it's going to it will save you um save everybody a lot of time which i think is going to be important going forward because that's what we've all We've all gained is, is time actually, and how time precious is to us during um, during this lockdown. But I think, um, yeah, what do you, that's the thing actually with the with your Zoom and your Teams. Do you think when the minute you get an inquiry in, how has that changed? Do you get on Zoom straight away, like you would pick up the phone? It, it, do you think it'll be a lot easier to show site visits, and you'll get it'll get right to the point of what that client wants and that type of thing? Absolutely. Um, I, I think it's, it, it's going to take a vital part uh, in, 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 our, uh, mm -hmm. in the process that Zoom and team will be here to stay for. I, I know I can fully understand that an event agency or an event management company would like to come over to the destination and actually touch and feel and smell it. But um, yeah, I, I also think that that some of it can be done virtual and 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 will be done virtual. And it also you get much more of a feeling for somebody as well virtually than you do on the phone or via email. So I think the, the relationship will build. That too, exactly, exactly. It it it, it takes. Uh, yeah, we've all learned that from a virtual point of view, there's, it, it will be here to stay. There will be a lot of goodness that comes out of it, but nothing will go over. And that's why we have these in, these, these um, incentives. Nothing will, will, will be as rewarding as being able to stand there and see this beautiful sunset somewhere with a glass of champagne in your hands and with your, with your work colleagues and your loved ones around you. So, you know, we look forward to those days. Quite right. <laughs> And Hugh, did you want to add anything on to that? No, we, we're seeing the, the, the use of Zoom being incorporated in. Uh, it, it is a great tool. It, it has its place. Um, but I think um, I, I think Satya Nadella, who's the CEO of Microsoft, summed it up beautifully. He said, uh, Zoom is a great tool, he said, for meetings. But the problem is, is that we're missing the five minutes before the meeting and the five minutes that happens after the meeting. Uh, and and that's what's so important about travel, um, incentive travel, meetings, events, is that that informal, non-pressurized uh, chats mm -hmm. where people bond with each other in an environment that that virtually you just just can't be provided. So so yeah, it has its place, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get on airplanes very soon. 
Yeah, so I just um, uh, wanted to come in. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left, and uh, we know we've all got virtual fatigue, so I don't want to keep going. But actually, it's been a really good conversation. So, uh, have you got any final questions, Nicola, to ask? Um, we, I think, we covered um, why why teaser representation companies um, and the sort of challenges of that. I did, the only sort of question I had was on vaccine passports, but I don't. Has anybody got any comments on that? I think we're all hoping they come in. Am I right? I mean, if we can get vaccine, I literally just saw a, a news headline earlier um, about vaccine passports. And if we can get vaccine passports in, addition to a robust testing program, then we can get the leisure industry out there in the summer. We know if we get the leisure industry out there, the corporates will follow with confidence. So yeah, I mean, hopefully these, these European countries that are opening up will say they're going to open up to vaccine passports and testing for the UK market right now um, from mid-May. That's a very positive step forward. Yeah, so, yeah I'd like to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a no-brainer for me. The only downside is that uh, in all the DMCs that I've spoken to from our perspective about what is your government doing, um, there's still a lot, well, we're not sure. We're not sure how to handle it. So it's still very early days. But I think what we'll see is is most probably corridors. I think the, the news articles that we're seeing this afternoon yesterday, where you're seeing places like Cyprus and where you're seeing uh, Greece and Spain coming on board, they'll open up and then everybody will follow shortly after that. So, yeah. I'm just going to say thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Nicola, for moderating. I uh, really appreciate you coming in to do that. I've got there's a question in the chat from Alex about, I think it's around restructured and rescheduled programs. So, I guess postponed programs and whether there's the expectation that the price would be reduced, stay the same, or potentially increase. Are, are you seeing any kind of renegotiation on pricing from something that was meant to happen? Uh, Hugh? We haven't. And for the large part, I think most of the prices have been honoured as far as possible. And I know that uh, uh, the majority of our DMCs and, and those that I've spoken to have fought hard uh, to keep the, that pricing. Um, so not so much. However, next year, I think it is going to be a challenge. I think it's going to be a real challenge with, with you know, less availability um, and uh, clients demanding huge amounts of flexibility in their booking. Um, I can see it changing from a buyer's market to a seller's market very quickly uh, and potentially a, a, a bit of a, a clash coming in that way. It's going to be expensive for travel. There's no doubt about that next year. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, uh, all of you, for your input and honesty on this session today. It was really good, real eye-opener. Um, so that's it. I'm just going to close this session. Um, one thing uh, which is almost a testament to the positivity that's happening is, and I mentioned it was Cheerful 21st, but actually it was event have hired Holly Mills as their incentive director. So that's great positive news. Recruitment in the sector is a real positive and a real point towards this is coming back. We know there's bumps along the way, but that's really good to hear. Um, final points, we've got the V Awards that I mentioned. Please do have a look at that. Uh, entries are now open. Next week, we've got the Dutch Experiment, which we're going to explore how they did their large events supported by the government. So that's next Wednesday. All details on our voice forum, voice.mysper.com. And if anyone 
has any more energy left, then we've got to grab a drink. We'd love to see you in the sessions where there's a bar. Um, we totally understand if you don't, because we know we've been on screens way too much. But it'd be nice to see a few faces and talk very informally. Otherwise, 6 p.m., Nicola's going to host a clubhouse. Um, yeah, I'm putting it on to you, Nicola. Um, we're hosting a clubhouse. So at 6 p.m., look for the MiceBook um, clubhouse session to uh, chat again informally, mostly about Harry and Meghan, because that's really what I want to talk about. <laughs> And where you stand on the issue. Um, so thank you, everyone. Thank you to the panel for this afternoon. Thank you, Nicola, for moderating. Thank you, Nicola. And we'll see you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jetta. Thank you for having us. We really hope you enjoyed those talks. And if so, please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. To see what the next discussions are, please go to mustbeonit.com and click on Talks in the menu bar. To contact MiceBook, please email us at info at or follow us on Instagram and Twitter.